Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. Matthew chapter 13 is one of uh, my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's a chapter filled with what are known as kingdom parables. And in that particular chapter, Jesus shares a number of stories. He shares these little stories we call parables for the purpose of illustrating and hiding kingdom truth in something that's not always so obvious. Jesus liked to teach in the time bomb method. You know what the time bomb method is? That's when he drops truth on you, and that's kind of a time bomb. And at the moment you hear it, you don't recognize everything that's in it. You walk away from it, and that bomb is ticking. And at some point in your life when it's really needed, that truth goes off inside of you. So that's really, really what parables are. And, and we see in Matthew chapter 13, verses 9 through 12, as Jesus is dealing with the reality of these parables, his disciples and, and him are having a conversation. He says this, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Well, his disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening... Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Seems kind of harsh, doesn't it? What's the point that Jesus is making? Jesus is making the point that in God's kingdom, listening is not just taking sound into your ears. Listening is not just the ability to recognize that words and sounds are coming into your ears, but listening is this predisposition of the heart that says, whatever I hear, I will do. In the Hebrew culture, the word for hear, Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That word Shema doesn't just mean to hear sounds. It means to hear with the intent of obeying and following. Okay, so you couldn't, in, in the Hebrew world, you, you couldn't just hear what the prophet said. You couldn't just read the scripture. You had to hear and take in, kind of imbibe it, inculcate it into your inner person with the idea that you're going to live out. You're going to walk what you talk. You're going to practice what you preach. You're going to live out what you say you believe. That was the whole idea behind hearing. And that's what Jesus is saying. Listen, if you listen to understand and to follow through, then I'm going to give you more. But if you're not really listening, if it's just about getting more knowledge, tickling your ears, making you feel good, if your intent in listening to God is just all about you and not about bringing pleasure and honor to Him, ultimately even what you have will be taken from you. Whoa. It's pretty heavy duty, isn't it? Is anybody alive out there? Okay. So I just want to review quickly where we've been the last couple of months. In the beginning, on the first uh, couple of messages, we talked about the fact that there's a challenge 
to hear God's voice for the follower of Jesus and a promise that we will. Remember, we learned that Jesus is a good shepherd. And when Jesus, the good shepherd, speaks, he promised that his sheep would hear his voice. And they wouldn't hear another. They wouldn't follow a stranger. And so one of the ways that we know we're a child of God, one of the ways we know we're one of his sheep is the fact that we have the ability to hear him and follow him. That's an evidence of being part of his flock. We hear and we follow. Amen? Secondly, we found out that God's voice and his words are life. Jesus said this, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What's his point? When you really come to understand the reality and the power of God's voice, you understand that you can't live without his voice. As important to your daily, as important to you as daily bread is, so hearing God is like food, like breath, like water, like life itself. And so when you come to be able to hear God's voice, you recognize, oh, I, I can't live without you, Lord. I can't live without your voice. And then we, we learn that God speaks to us in dark times, and he teaches us to hear his voice through our mentors and our leaders. We learned about Samuel. Remember the little boy Samuel? He's, he's sleeping as a child in the tent of God, in the tabernacle of God, and God calls to him a total of four times. But the first three times that he calls to him, Little Samuel turns to his mentor and his spiritual leader, Eli, and says, here I am. And it takes Eli three times to recognize God's calling you. Why? Because, well, Eli was kind of dull. But the beautiful part of the story, he was, but the beautiful part of the story was that Samuel heard God's voice and it sounded like his mentor. And that's really a principle. God puts people in your life that teach you to hear his voice. And for a while, the voice of God sounds like those who lead you. And then there's a transition that happens eventually in that journey where you begin to really hear God's voice for yourself. And uh, then we found out that God's Holy Spirit is given to us. And the Holy Spirit is God's personal voice and guide. And I asked this question in the first service, but how many of you are grateful today, if you're a follower of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit lives in you? He indwells you. And listen, this is really important because some of us have imbibed a bad theology. Here's that bad theology. We've imbibed a theology that teaches us that when we sin, the Holy Spirit leaves. He lifts and he moves out. And then when we repent, he comes back. And then when we sin, he moves out. And when we repent, he comes back. We've, we have a theology that teaches us that God abandons us when we blow it. But he comes back when we repent. That is absolutely untrue. There's no biblical evidence for that. When the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, he came to take up residence inside of you for the rest of your days, every day. And when you sin, he grieves in you, he woos you, he convicts you, he makes you... Be miserable with your sin. And it's one of the evidences of God's presence and voice in your life. That he's inside of you saying, stop it. Come on back. Come on back. He doesn't take off and fly somewhere else. Anyway, that theology just ticks me off. Okay, so, and then we, we learn that God speaks and leads us into his will when we determine to say yes. You know, um, I, I really am convinced that when we have a 
disposition in us that says, Lord, speak. Your servant's listening. I'll say yes. We're like Mary, right? Be it unto me according to your word. When we have that kind of an attitude toward God, he's like, this is one I can share my covenant and my secrets with. Psalm 25. This is one that I can tell my intimate thoughts to, my friend. He can find a friend in us. We also learn that he'll speak to us in dark times and promises in the dark times and the low times he'll take us higher. And then I love what Pastor Raul shared when he shared that God is speaking all the time. But are you listening? Right? Because sometimes God's saying stuff we don't want to hear. Right? Any of you ever had God speak to you and you're like, I don't think I like that. Come on, be honest. And listen, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus and God's never spoken anything to you that's uncomfortable or corrective, you're probably not hearing God. Right? Because, and I'm not saying that God's going to always be correcting you. I hear people say sometimes, God has to hit me upside the head with a two by four. Listen, if it takes a two by four to get your attention, that means you're stubborn and resistant and you need to repent so you can be sensitive. It shouldn't take a two by four for God to get us, our, get our attention. And not only that, but God's not an abuser. He's not a child abuser. He's not out just to whack people, right? He's out to love us and speak to us. I think two by four theology is another really bad theology, by the way. Um, it's rare in the Bible that God uses two by fours. It's usually with the really stubborn and resistant people who are opposing his purpose. For most of us, he just wants to talk to us. But sometimes when he talks to you, it's going to hurt. And it should. Hurts so good. It really does. Okay, so with that said, that is just kind of a review. We are going to take some questions from you, and I know we've probably already got a whole lot of them, so we're going to go from there and take some questions for about the next 20 minutes or so. So here we go. Ready, go. All right, here's to one of you. Um, How many ways does the Lord speak? Um, We know that he speaks through the Bible. But um, what are some other ways that he speaks to us? Okay. Uh, Yeah, we know that he speaks to the Bible. He also uses people uh, to, yeah, to to catch us sometimes. Um, I've I've had the Lord personally speak to me through books that were not the Bible, that were uh, not even Christian. Oh, my gosh. How dare you? what I recognized in the book as I was reading, I was like, oh, I kind of feel like this care. I'm not going to tell you what book it was, okay? Because I don't want you to judge me like that, that much. Um, but as I was reading this and I was, I was like, whoa, this dude is, you know, whatever. And uh, he was an amazing guy, of course. Um, and I started, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And like, yeah, there's some characteristics in this that look a lot like you and they look a lot like your life. And, um, and it's really funny because it's, it's one of the things that it significantly changed um, my life. It, you know, and that's a really weird thing to say about just a book. But I think that's the power of the Lord speaking to you through any means that he possibly can. Amen. You know, one of the things that um, I recognize through the Bible is that there are many examples of ways that the Lord speaks. And when we look through um, the Old Testament we, and the New Testament, we see that he uses nature to speak to us. We see that there are examples that, that um, he uses people, as, as Pastor Drew just mentioned. 
that um, that he speaks an audible voice, um, as you hear, as sometimes the Holy Spirit would even speak to us in, in our mind's voice. And some of you might even say, what does that sound like? And I just tell people, oftentimes it sounds like you. Um, and uh, in ways that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily think or in directions that would be maybe different um, and, and not against the word of God or not against what seemingly is his will, but, but that's a way. And so um, he, uses, um, he uses art and he uses visions and dreams and prophetic words and, and all of the, the gifts that we see in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. That, that, so in other words, that um, God is as varied in the methods and ways that he will speak to people as even who's represented here today. That you are so varied and creative and different and, and, um, and you will receive in those different ways. And, and look, I'm convinced that God is on the move toward you and that he'll stop at nothing to reach you. And, and uh, even as Pastor Doug just said, you know, he, there are methods that he uses and, and um, gentle. At the end is he wants a relationship with you. I'm convinced that's what he wants. And so his heart is toward you. And, and maybe in one moment he uses a loud voice, whatever that would be, the interruption. And in other times it's a still small voice. And, and so as we begin to be inclined toward him, speak to me, God. It, that's a prayer that I pray regularly and often. It's like, speak to me, Lord. It's that because I want to hear him in whatever method that, that he would use to reach me. And, and, and I, and I want to encourage you with this. Many times it's through you as a church. You say something to me or, man, you had a word of the Lord or did something. And, um, and it's like, wow, Lord, you're speaking. Thank you so much. All right. Um, here, here's will the Holy Spirit. So we're talking about <clears throat> hearing the voice of God. And uh, a question that's come up multiple times now is, um, will the Lord, will the Holy Spirit ever ask us or lead us to do something that is um, maybe against the Bible for a short season? A little more theological, huh? Anything? No. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of um, a lot of the the scripture and what and everything you know about Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God, all comes from this book. It is the source. I mean, you wouldn't be sitting here today. We wouldn't be sitting here today if we didn't read about a man named Jesus, right? <laughs> And so I think you can never divorce hearing the voice of God from the text. Um, the text isn't in it itself, but it is a partnership with the Holy Spirit. But you can't take the text away. I don't know about the nature and the character of God and of Jesus or even of the Holy Spirit if I didn't read it in this book. And so I think for you, there will never be an instance where you find yourselves led differently than what's in the book. Because the Holy Spirit and Scripture work in conjunction together. And then they're affirmed by the body of believers, right? And so they're affirmed by this guy or this guy. And, and they have checked me regularly. <laughs> They'll be like, no, you're thinking wrong. <laughs> or you can't do that. And even people in this room, I've looked out and, and I've asked for wisdom and guidance. And so I think those three components are the things that you live your life by. 
by Scripture, then being by led by the Holy Spirit, and then seeking wisdom and counsel by the people that are around you, specifically those that are older and wiser than you. Those are the good ones. In John chapter 16, when the, uh, when the uh, apostles were pleading with Jesus about uh, essentially having him change his mind about needing to ascend to the Father or trying to keep him, um, you know, he, he hears them out. They were sad. Scripture says that they were sad and appealing to him. And then he has a reply to them. And, um, and his reply is about the, the one who is going to be sent, the Holy Spirit, who will come and, and his role. And one of the things that he says is that... Um, the spirit of truth comes in verse 13, and he will guide you into all, all the truth and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And uh, this is a promise to us, but it's also really uh, um, some guidance on how he will speak. And this is really important for us is um, sometimes as Christians, we get a little wacky in our interpretation of what we think or we declare is the Holy Spirit. And we allow it to lead us into these like marginal places or these questionable areas in life. And, and anyone outside the context of that life would go, that's weird. You're, what you're doing there is not okay. That's murky. And that's, uh, but because here's the thing, um, the, the, the God of, of the Bible has already given us the Bible, right? Like we know Jesus because of the Bible. We know the God of the Hebrew people because of the Bible. And the Holy Spirit will not speak against the Scripture. And so you will not have an audience with us, I'm speaking for you for a minute, that tells us that the Holy Spirit is saying to you contrary something that we might find in Scripture about behavior or attitude or perspective or you might have an audience but we might not be in agreement with you and might even counter most likely will counter something from scripture that says oh wait a minute here's what the bible says this is really important so that you know as we're learning to hear from god that we take what he says and then we 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 shore it up with what is written in the scripture in fact, Jesus did this all the time as he was sharing truths of the disciples, as it is written. That's a phrase that said over and over, as it is written, as it is written. The disciples regularly, even um, under the power of the Holy Spirit, recited things that were written in the Old Testament for the people of the time under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Like that was the, that's the charge to us as believers. As the Holy Spirit speaking, we balance that or weigh it against Scripture. Uh, good counsel, people around us. Well, the Holy Spirit's asking me to do this thing. I know it's shady for the moment, but it'll be good at the end. Now, sorry. Let's, let's talk about that, that you would be willing to even entertain that. Because that's the thing right there that probably is being illuminated in your life. And so, all right. Uh, here, here's one that has come up several times. Um, when uh, the first time you knew you heard from the Lord, the first time, um,
First time I knew that I was hearing from the Lord was when I, probably about the time I had my conversion experience. I, uh, and, and mine was like many people's, it was a process over a period of time. But I remember uh, I was sitting in an apartment uh, that a friend of mine and his dad had that, that they had taken me in. I was out on the streets. They'd taken me in. And they had left that day that nobody was at the apartment. I was watching television. I wasn't watching Christian television. I wasn't watching a preacher. And uh, I had this incredible shame that was over my head from all the stuff I'd been doing. And uh, for some reason, I knew that I needed God. And I called out to him. I remember on, I was on that carpet in that little apartment in uh, San Mateo, California. And while I was there, I just said, God, if you're real, please help me. I need you. Please help me. I, I know that what I'm doing is wrong, and I don't know how to get out of it. I was into a bunch of addictions and stuff. I don't know how to get out of it. I don't know how to stop what I'm doing. Please help me. Please help me. And, and I'll never forget, because at the end, I tacked on, and, and will you help me get a job, too? You know, we're always bargaining, aren't we, right? And how about a job, too, God? Yeah, um, since I'm making my list here. Yeah, so uh, anyway, I remember I became aware of God's presence in the room. And when I say that I, I, I heard him speak to me, I can't tell you what he said other than I knew I was in his presence and I knew he was holy and I knew that he loved me and I was forgiven, and that started a journey. It took about nine more months before I was reunited with my real father and a number of other events happened in my life that were very supernatural. But it wasn't so much that he said what I would call a word. It's more like he communicated a word. And that word was, you're mine. I love you. You're forgiven. And I didn't know any better after that. I didn't know to read the Bible, go to church. I didn't know any Christians. Um, and I... I still, like, was going to parties, and, but it was miserable. I remember I'd go to a party, and I'd be looking around going, this is so phony. This is so dead. I hate this. What am I doing here? And I was just, you know, I was miserable. And so that was another thing. I quit enjoying sin. And one of the ways you know that your heart is changing is you quit enjoying sin. Because I used to enjoy sin. I mean, later on, I'd regret it because I'd usually have a bad hangover. But, but... In the middle of it, I was like, "Ugh!" It started. Be, the t the taste of it was rotten. Yeah. All right. All right. <clears throat> what do, What do we do if we don't feel like God's talking to us? It probably means that he doesn't love you anymore, and you just need... <laughs> wow. You laugh, but that's what most people think. You laugh, but that's what most of us... Wow, what, or, or I must have done something really bad. And you know, there are cases where the reason we're not hearing his voice is because we've sinned, maybe. But you know, the reality is, is that probably most of the time... Um, he just, we don't even know the reasons all the time, but it's not because he doesn't love us. He wants us to learn to be secure in him 
Because as Scripture says, we're His children. We're forgiven and we're loved. But I'll let you guys take on more of the question. Yeah, that's real. I, I think I would, my own personal experience is that He's always speaking. Um, we're just not listening. And we're not, and, and I think that even goes along with what, what Pastor Doug is saying, is, is being trained to actually hone in on the Lord's voice and, and how he speaks to you. Um, I, I can tell you, in the, the Lord speaks to me throughout my life um, through other people, um, through prophetic things. And, um, and as much as I really, I don't like being called out like that, like in the middle of a service like this, you know, someone being like, you, this guy right here. Um, that's how the Lord is, has spoken to me in a lot of ways. And uh, I remember when I was a lot younger and I was doing the wrong thing for many, many years. And um, there was a, a family that we, my parents grew up, we grew up in church. My parents are pastors. And, and, um, and so she knew our family very well, but I probably hadn't seen her in six or seven years. And I was off doing my own thing. And I was in a completely different town um, away from where I was living at the time. And I saw this woman who was a prophet um, in a gas station. And I was probably not sober. And I was looking, I was just doing a bunch of stuff I shouldn't be doing. And I saw her in this gas station. And I'm like, you know, ducking behind stuff. And I'm like, oh gosh, dude. I'm like, what are, and in my mind, I'm just like, you know, instantly I'm like, Lord, are you kidding? What are the chances this person is in this gas station the exact same time? Who knows me? You know? And so I'm like hiding from her and I'm like going around and then, and she comes right down the same aisle and she looks right at me and she's like, you know, Hey, I haven't seen you in forever. How are you? And, you know, and I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. Right. I'm good. And, um, and so she looks right at me and you know that like right in your eyes and you're like, she can see everything that I'm doing. I, I know for a fact. And she's like, the Lord sees you and he loves you. And he wants to, you know, and so just, just that little bit of a, a thing right there. Well, I didn't turn my life around. Okay. That's, we talked about that a little bit. <laughs> um, and so years later, I'm in a church and her and her husband are ministering in this church and I'm in a very similar spot. And right in the middle of the service, she's like, Drew, I've got a word for you. And, and just, I mean, she, if I grew up in church. Okay, my parents are pastors. I think I said that. I'm not critical of the prophetic, okay? I'm not critical of it. I'm cautious of it, and I think it's good to test it, okay? She knew things that I had said in these, like, really desperate prayer times that nobody, nobody could have known that. Nobody. There's just no way. They're not even common things. They're like, oh, well, a lot of people say that. No. And she literally said them back to me in the middle of this service. And so at that point, you're just... You're, you're a hot mess. I mean, I, I was sitting there just crying. You know, I was like, what, what else do you do? And, um, and, and then her husband, he's getting up to preach, and then he prophesies. And so, you know, for myself, like, even when I'm not listening, the Lord is speaking. The Lord is pursuing. The Lord is, is going to find you where you're at, and he's going to chase you down, right, like the song. <laughs> Whether or not you like that song or not, he's going to find you, right, and he's going to speak to you. He's like, I'm trying to talk to you. Open up your ears so you can hear. That's really good. You know, when we're talking about the idea of, of being able to listen and listen to, to God, I often think about 
what are the filters that we're using to, to, to listen to God? And what, what and, and so I'm just thinking about even like Proverbs um, 23, 7 that says, for, he, for as a man thinks, that is what he is. And that's the first half of that proverb. The second half is that he says to you, come and eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. And, and, and the rest, so that verse is talking about um, who you are on the inside is what you will actually be. But the second part is who you are on the outside may not actually be who you are on the inside. Think about that. And so think about even how we go about our daily lives and all of the things that we consume, since you are somebody who consumes both your spiritual life and your flesh life. You, you know, the things you give yourself to and all of the stimulus that comes with that, what comes in your eye gates, what comes through your ear gates, everything that you sensory. And so we are going through our regular daily life consuming. We're consuming uh, media all of print, audio, visual, and it becomes, everything that we consume becomes the filter with which we process things. Hear me out here, right? And so we spend, we spend you know, uh, hours consuming, and then we, we are listening in a certain vein of, so, so I'm going to venture to say that, that it's, it's hours of worldly media. And then we ask the question, I can't, how do I hear God or how, how would I even know God? And, and my response is you haven't even honed the muscle to hear God. You don't even know what he sounds like. You haven't, you haven't inclined your ear or decided that you're going to consume, you know, the, the right material that would give you a filter or a framework to know what that even is. And, and so, you know, the response is you, you want to incline your ear to God? Begin to read the Bible. Begin to immerse yourself in the way that the Lord would speak and the Lord would work and, and become familiar with his ways. Now, some of you guys are looking to me like I'm foreign. You just want this emotional experience and encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want that for you. I, I want you to encounter God in a way that would radically cause you to question Everything you're doing in light of his holiness and who he is, right? Come on. Like we, we're created for relationship with him. But, but the narrative with which we would grow to know him more would be consuming the right stuff. Um, we've had people come up to us and say, man, I, I can't seem to hear God. And, and I'll just, sometimes I'll just, hey, go to your Facebook usage settings and give me your Facebook usage report right now. I just want to know the hours a day. Oh, they're not here this service. 16 hours. Those numbers don't lie. I'm sorry, but you're not hearing anything except what it wants you to hear. So, so let's start there. Let's consume the right stuff. Let's incline in the right way. I also believe that the Holy Spirit can can interrupt and press through, and, and, and really we can have those moments solved on his way to Damascus. He was on his way to murder Christians, and Jesus interrupted his way. And so I believe that God is on the move for people. We, we, we believe that he wants, uh, he, he wants a relationship with us in a way that is a back and forth, that we hear him, and then we do what he says, both through Scripture and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so, so I, I would just say on the, on the hearing part, Incline your ear, lean in, press in, consume the right stuff. And, uh, and you'll begin to hear, oh, oh, 
wow, that is God, and so on. I, th I think about the only response to, to that would just be, Mic drop. That's good. That's a that's a, a great a great way to wrap us up. Amen. So put down your device and get in his face. Right? Spend time with him. You might be surprised he might actually talk to you. He will. He will speak to you. Remember what I shared earlier during the transition time? You know, a lot of us are struggling with our identity, right? And that seems to be a common thing in the time that we live. People are really struggling with their identity. And we find our identity when we experience him. A revelation of Jesus Christ will always lead to you learning who you are. Right? And, and the reality is, is that happens when we are with him. We spend time with him. Amen.